You're listening to Conversations on Care, hosted by the Oklahoma Association of Health Plans. We've launched this limited podcast series to share discussions with leading experts on the state of healthcare delivery in Oklahoma today and any changes coming on the horizon. These are the voices of healthcare professionals who are working tirelessly to provide Oklahomans with affordable access to quality healthcare. We're here to share their stories, celebrate their dedication to improving the lives of Oklahomans, and maybe even learn a thing or two together in the process. Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations on Care by OAHP. I'm your host, Haley Falkenberry, Executive Director of the Oklahoma Association of Health Plans. In this episode, I'm looking forward to introducing you to Dr. Keisha Sobers-Butler, Vice President of Population Health and Clinical Operations at Oklahoma Complete Health. Dr. Sobers-Butler is a registered nurse who holds certifications in case management and managed care nursing. I'm also super excited to point out that she is a doctor nurse. Before moving into leadership roles, Dr. Sobers-Butler previously worked as a Medicaid case manager and ER nurse. She also brings 20 years of personal experience with healthcare to the table. So let's settle in and hear her thoughts on how we can address some of the challenges facing healthcare in our state. So thank you for joining us today, number one. I'm looking forward to learning more from you, but first, could you give our listeners a little background on yourself? Tell us more about your current role with Oklahoma Complete Health, and uh, I just learned what a doctor nurse is, so please also uh, let our uh, listeners know what a doctor nurse is. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, My name is Keisha Sobers-Butler, and I have been a nurse for 11 years. I became a nurse because I became a mom. So you mentioned some of the titles that I have, and the one that I probably hold most dear is being the mom of a complex kid. During the pregnancy, we found out that Bailey was going to be born very complicated. She's now 19, she'll be 20 next week, and she gives me permission to talk about her journey into life and how her journey shaped my career path. During the formative years of her life, I decided to go back to school. I had a bachelor's degree in nursing. I went back and became a nurse because of her, because care coordination is something that is required for not only those that may have chronic conditions such as asthma or diabetes, but when you have a child that has special health care needs, it is a constant facilitation of appointments and surgeries and well child checkups and all of those different things. And so I always tell people when Bailey was born, we didn't have a nurse. We didn't have a case manager. I became one. And over the course of the last 10 years of being a nurse, I went back to school, received my master's in nursing education, as well as my doctorate in nursing leadership. I'm a practice doctorate in nursing, I should say. Not at all complicated. Not Not at all all complicated. complicated. (laughs) Not at all complicated. So uh, as I say, I no longer touch patients physically, but the impact of what I do at Oklahoma Complete Health touches patients. So let's talk about that because obviously you are a nurse. I am. You could be practicing and doing that line of work, but instead you've chose to be on the health plan side. Yes. So talk about that some. Why did you choose to be on the health plan side? I started off as a pediatric ER nurse and then went into the adult side. One of the things that I noticed is that sometimes you would have folks 
come into the ER and either they had insurance or they didn't. Sometimes they had Medicaid, sometimes they didn't. And I would see that there would be a gap. And I would always wonder what happened to that person that showed up with a stroke or a heart attack? What happens after they leave? So I received an opportunity to become a Medicaid case manager working with complex children. That was working for a Medicaid managed care organization in Texas. So that was kind of my link in. And then one of the things that I was responsible for doing at that level was really reaching out to the families using technology to see who was that patient that needed the help. And then I would coordinate that for them if that was making appointments for them, if that was really helping them through education literacy, health literacy, doing what we could to close the gap. If that was reaching out to their primary care physician and coordinating that care, that's what led me to the managed care side of things. Right. So you have a real passion for, because of your personal experiences, understanding complex needs. Sure. And so you've obviously spent time in Texas. Yes. I would love to hear what made you see the light (laughs) and go ahead and move up here to our great state of Oklahoma. I mean, all our listeners here in Oklahoma know how much better we are than Texas, but go ahead and enlighten us on all the amazing things you're seeing in our state what brought you here and what excites you about improving health outcomes for Oklahomans? Sure. So I moved here in September and you mentioned I was not born in Oklahoma, but I figured I got here as fast as I could (laughs) because I felt I had something to lend to helping this population. Um, In doing the research with our organization, you know, I looked at where Oklahoma ranked in healthcare and I looked at maternal mortality in particularly where we are almost three and a half times that national average for moms of color. And I looked at where we were with behavioral health and some of the disparities that kind of just organically exist as they do in the rest of the country, but in Oklahoma particularly. And I thought I could definitely add something to the table. I have great relationships with the healthcare authority in Texas, and I felt it would not be robbery to come (laughs) this way with some of that energy and passion. Uh, But this is different. And, and I believe that Oklahoma is ready for the change because I'm ready to help support in giving it. Absolutely. And so we're going to nerd out on one of my favorite topics. Sure. Everybody that knows me know I love this topic. So looking at those social determinants of health, what are some of the needs of your members you've encountered that are outside of the realm of traditional health care? Because I think our listeners, when they think about health care, you think about utilizing your insurance when you have an issue and you go to the doctor. Sure. But what are the bigger challenges and those barriers that you've really had to remove? Or what are some things in the prevention side? You know, whether it's somebody that was maybe showing up to an ER for heat stroke or chronic breathing conditions and come to find out there was mold in the home. Right. Like what are those really outside of the healthcare realm things that you deal with in your side of the business that folks don't always understand you're dealing with? Half of the battle, I think, when you talk about getting to complete health is addressing social determinants of health, because those are those factors that affect 
that well-being for an individual. So some of the ones that are more cliche would definitely relate to food. Let's say food insecurity. Sometimes that a mom is just trying to figure out where that meal is coming from. But if she's the parent of a child that has type 1 diabetes, that sweetens the pot. As far as from a managed care perspective, how are we going to support mom in getting the food that's necessary and the food that's going to keep her child healthy? But one of the unique ones coming out of Texas that people may not realize is that from a managed care perspective, you're required to take care of this member 365. So when a hurricane hits, that opens up an environmental factor to social determinants of health. So when you have complex children that are ventilator dependent, that require electricity, it is our job to make certain that those children or adults are safe. I can remember uh, approving an air conditioner unit. Those are those things that you don't think about, but if it leads to well-being, that is our goal. Some of the other ones obviously related to transportation and health literacy. And then you have some of those soft social determinants of health factors related to employment and also related to financial literacy, um, intimate partner violence. There are all of these other barriers. So when I think intimate partner violence, not only in this population, but it definitely can raise a head, if you will, is when you have a maternal mom, a mom that is pregnant and making certain through our assessments that we have, those evidence-based assessments, assessing for those other things that can really affect the outcome. Another component, as I talked about, the financial piece of social determinants of health that managed care can bring are value adds. You know, one of the things that we do well, I believe, and I could be a little biased, (laughs) is that we can then offer incentives to families to ensure they get that well child checkup for their child. And we can offer them incentives if they had been recently hospitalized to go back and see your specialist or see your doctor within seven to 10 days. And that comes with a $25 gift card. And so you're meeting that need of the financial success that you want for that member, but you're also managing a better outcome. Absolutely. And, you know, we we talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. And folks don't understand that so much of what you do in managed care is education and changing behaviors. Yes. And so sometimes you do have to have a little bit of an incentive to change behavior. Yes. But at the end of the day you're going to save so much in the long run because if we can have a little bit of an incentive to go do that preventative care, to go pick up that prescription, to do those small things, then we're not ending up in the acute situation where maybe, you know, a mother's in the ER with their child because we caught something early. We caught it early. It's it's tedious Mm -hmm. and it takes time, but I think that is a proven program that the state of Oklahoma could embrace and get there. And I think you got to see that in Texas. For sure. For sure. So as we're talking through social determinants of health, I think we're talking at a high level, right? But let's bring it down and let's really paint a picture for how local Oklahomans on Sooner Care are going to see their health outcomes improve. What are some of the programs that you can point to that we're going to have in the state of Oklahoma if managed care moves forward? They're going to truly impact the lives of Oklahomans. You know, when you talk about uh, one of the programs such as social determinants of health, one of the things that we do inside of that is making certain that if a child or an adult needs to get to an appointment, 
but they are also the mom of a three-year-old and a five-year-old. It's not always easy for them to arrange that transportation in today's world. But when you bring it over to the managed care side, in our value adds, we will bring the family to those types of appointments. In addition to that, one of the things we do is that we can assist with getting that family to the food bank for transportation because when you don't have access, you literally don't have access. So that's another way that we can work on that. And then lastly, we build those community relationships, you know, so from the housing alliance to the food banks, to working with both our national partners, our Oklahoma partners for transportation, such as Embark, and to some of the mom and pop transportation services that are out there. One of the things we try to do is to coordinate that care. So in my teams, you have care coordinators, you also have community health workers. And one of their jobs is to be in the community partnering and connecting those resources. And one of the things that's pretty cool about the data and the technology that we have as we're managing those members is that if you were food insecure two months ago, when you come in and you maybe have a new claim, we're connecting those dots to make certain that at that member level, we're still continuing that conversation to make certain you're still doing okay. You know, I, I think there are so many different ways that the member will benefit. And when you talk about that care coordinator providing that care plan that says, these are the goals that we developed for you. Do you agree with them? Or even that when you talk about care coordination, do you agree to be in case management? All of those things are done at the member level. We meet them where they are. We do the motivational interviewing. We give interventions that are based on where their needs are. And then we're able to report that data back to the state and say, these are the things that had success. No, I think you're going to be changing Oklahomans lives. You know, I was actually on Twitter not too long ago, and one of our center care members in the state had actually tweeted at Governor Stitt. And it was an example like you brought up. It was a single mother that had, you know, a couple children. And a lot of folks don't understand we have Sooner Ride right. in the state of Oklahoma. Right. However, CMS only allows the state to cover the ride for the parent right. and the one child that has their doctor's appointment. Correct. So this Sooner Care member in the state of Oklahoma, yes. at Governor Stitt, hey, I have an issue. How right. can I take my one child to the doctor right. when I've got another young child that I can't just leave at home? What am I going to do about this? It sounds like according to you... Bringing managed care to the state would mean that through a value add, like yes. you talked about, yes. you guys would actually pay for the other child to go to. Absolutely. And so somebody Absolutely. that, you know, wasn't going to be able to make it to the doctor that day because they couldn't afford to, you know, get that Uber, didn't have, you know, transportation. Yes. You guys would have arranged that for them through a care manager in their local community yes. and made sure they accessed the quality care they needed that day. That's such a good example for our listeners to really hear about how this is going to impact Oklahomans because we know there's a need out there. Could you share a specific story of how you've seen health plans go above and beyond to help a member receive great health care? And it sounded like you definitely had a good story with a hurricane. <laughs> Didn't think about that. I'm glad you're tornado and ice storm ready for oh the state goodness. of Oklahoma. <laughs> but yes. what's, what's something that you just thought, wow, I wish everyone could see that health plans do this? What's that untold story? 
of how you've seen them oh, go above my and goodness. beyond. There are so many. It's it's hard to narrow down sometimes <laughs> to one. But I'll, I'll think about something, I guess, that could potentially be relatable to many families. I can remember um, once when I was a care manager in that Medicaid space, taking care of a family that had a child that had type 1 diabetes. And this was a kid that had been in and out of our hospital system, and we were really trying to figure out what is the driver? You know, is there just a barrier of literacy and understanding how to count those carbs and how to administer the insulin? What is driving the non-success? Because we had me as a care coordinator involved and others working with the endocrine clinic. And one of the things that I found out in, in that conversation is that in speaking with the parent, I uncovered that the parent had a second grade education. And so upon finding that out, it kind of changed the trajectory of how I wanted to work with that family because right. I had been doing the cliche, this is a scale, this is <laughs> your A1C, this is what it requires. And what it ended up doing is me bringing in the full interdisciplinary team and saying, I got another situation here mm -hmm. that we need to deal with. And what it ended up being is working with that particular family to ensure that the literacy needs were met, that we could coordinate with that family for a GED ultimately and that was a long-term goal but just to understand how to take care of their family that's one and one of the other ones that I would work on a lot of times in Texas as a different way of looking at it is with the complex population we were responsible in my previous life for making certain that families that needed adaptive aids for transportation that we would assist in making certain if you had a child that was wheelchair bound that needed to get from point A to point B and they needed those additional services that may not be traditionally covered, working to make certain that the child would be able to stay in the community and be safe on transport. There are several stories that I guess <laughs> I can think about where we've had these opportunities where I've been able to be involved and look at what are the benefits under the Medicaid program and where do we have some creativity and flexibility to meet the needs of people individually. I don't believe managed care is a one choice fits all, but I believe it gets very close to many when you think this has been implemented in almost what, 40 states in the country. Now. Yeah, over <laughs> 40. So we're here now having this conversation and I think it's it's the right time to have it. Yeah, and I think you, you know, you say things like flexibility and I always have to step back and remind folks that aren't just in our world and yes. eating and breathing yes. and living managed care daily. Sure that we have these amazing people that work at the Oklahoma Healthcare Authority. 100%. And we have one of the best, you know, Medicaid agencies in the nation. I agree with that. But they have restrictions yes. that other regulators put on the state. So, but you have CMS. Yes. So you have fe federal regulators. And they do not give the state the flexibilities. Correct. That they give managed care entities. And so when you talk about value adds, you know, when you say that, I think sometimes Oklahomans don't realize those are things you guys can do as managed care entities. Yes. That unfortunately, because the way we do Medicaid in Oklahoma, they can't do that. 
they can pay for your, you know, direct services. Yes. So going to the doctor yes. and the cost of your prescriptions. But when we talk about filling in those gaps, yes. doing the things like the hurricane, yes. <laughs> helping yes. with a hurricane <laughs> yes. Yes. or, you know, getting in there and making sure that some extra transportation is paid for. Those are the things that you guys do that are different. Those definitely are the things that we can hold our hat on. But I also want to touch a little bit on technology and innovation and how we're a little different, I guess, from what is established today. I 100% support that. I've met some amazing people since I've been in Oklahoma at the Healthcare Authority. But one of the things we do well... is um, technology and being able to really identify who needs to be in case management and who doesn't and how to target that population to provide just those better outcomes that we're seeking. And so, you know, one of the things that I do on the monthly basis now is that we can run our claims reports, we Mm -hmm. can look at disease by diagnosis, we can look at the pharmacy spend, we can pull in um, supplies that may be going out to the home and then build a picture and say, this is the person that may have those needs. And we're now going a little bit more sophisticated as you speak to social determinants of health in looking at the census and looking at certain neighborhoods and being able to see who's that homeowner, you know, how many food deserts are there, all those other fancy things that help to really paint a picture of the person that we want to help and that we want to support. And so you're not necessarily going in blind. Right. And, you know, we've, we've been able to do that in, in several states. So it's it's a wonderful place to be, to have that type of data, rich data, and be able to give it back to the state and say, look what we've done. Right. No, I think that's so key. And just a while ago, I was in a discussion about managed care back in the 90s sure. with Oklahoma. Sure. And, you know, I think that there were a lot of lessons that Oklahoma had to learn. Sure. I think there were a lot of lessons the nation had to learn about managed care, right? I agree. And when you talk about the technology, and obviously when people think about their health plan, everybody thinks about claims payment. They're the payers, yes. right? Yes. We're the payers. That's yes. our side of the game. Yes. But when you're the payer, you're paying for everything involved in the healthcare world. Yes. And the technology that we now run those claims databases. Yes. And we understand that whole person-centered care. Mm -hmm. And you think about, you know, when somebody would say, well, why would we do managed care again? It didn't work in the 90s. Think about your computer back in the 90s. Think about your cell phone and how that was working. I I mean, I think it's a a different time. And for those providers, both rural or urban providers that are out there, the other tool that I think is really um, beneficial that we bring to the table today that definitely wasn't in the 90s was that transparency for the provider because we know they want to do the best job that they can to take care of their patients. Absolutely. But knowing when was that, you know, is that person due for a well child checkup and going back through those paper records to try to find that information versus someone giving you a report card that says, this is your panel of members and this is where they are. This is where their care gaps are. This is the care plan that my nurse care coordinator provided for your particular patient. And so we can then have that transparency and, and have that collaboration and partnership. It, it's endless you know, opportunities and possibilities with managed care today versus the 90s. 
Absolutely. And I think you just really spoke to something that's so key, that collaboration with the provider community. Yes. And you've been there. You've been on the provider side. I have. You know, I mean, there's just so much that goes into Endless. it. The providers, yes. they can't do it all. We they fill can't. in the gaps. They, they can't. And, and and that collaboration is one of the things that we definitely offer. Um, being a mom, going back to the beginning of this conversation of a child that has special needs, Bailey I've actually received a bladder in Cincinnati. So my story goes deep with different <laughs> healthcare systems, some of the largest pediatric systems in the, the country. I've had the pleasure of either her being a patient <laughs> or me working for it, either or how you look at it. But one of the things that I know is universal is that providers want to do the best that they can, but sometimes they have a hand tied just because of the lack of resources. And one of the things that we offer in addition to that is, you know, even when you talk about value-based payments and incentives to them to say, listen, we're doing this quality project on asthma. And one of the things we're going to do with the asthma members is provide them with pillowcases and we're going to provide them with uh, pest control and all of those things that we know that will organically reduce their asthma issues. But at the same time, if you're able to do that for us, we're going to give that incentive. That's the unique thing that managed care brings to the table. I love talking about these topics. I wish I had more time with you. I know. But unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, Dr. Sobers Butler, I can't thank you enough for joining us on the podcast. Sure. You've let us in on the heart and soul of your work. Um, Your passion is so deep for this. I would love to meet your wonderful kiddo sometime. (laughs) And we just truly appreciate all you do for the people of Oklahoma. Thank you for listening to Conversations on Care, hosted by the Oklahoma Association of Health Plans. We hope you've enjoyed hearing from one of our dedicated health professionals who is working hard to deliver better care. Tune in next time to hear more about the meaningful efforts of health plans to create a healthier Oklahoma.